What's up, everybody? We're back on the Founder Hour. I'm your co-host, Posh. I'm Pat. And here we're back with Sebu Simonian of Capital Cities. Sebu, thanks for having us here. Thank you for having me. So on this segment, we want to talk about Capital Cities and some of the projects that you're working on right now and you know how Capital Cities even came to be. I know on the first segment, we talked about your high school band. We talked about Aviatic, and then we talked about how eventually Capital Cities started. But how did it really begin? Give us the inception story. Capital Cities is me and Ryan Merchant, mm-hmm. uh, two songwriters, two producers. And he reached out to me because he found uh, an ad on Craigslist that I had posted. What year is this? This is... Uh, 2010 maybe 2009 2008 okay. 2007 okay um and he was looking for a producer i had posted an ad saying i'm a producer he checked me out on online and contacted me and said hey can you help me produce my single or mm-hmm. a couple songs that i'm working on and he was going to do a solo project i said sure come in that's how we met and we started working on, on his his music. And you were still like doing first. Aviatic at this time, right? At that time, I was producing other bands. I think Did I was so. probably in, in the band called Aviatic. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, his solo project kind of got put on the side because he also came to me with an opportunity to do music for commercials. He started interning for this um, commercial music house uh, that would take like, you know, big clients and do Nike ads and stuff like that. And so we started writing demos for for those commercials and we won a couple. I think the first one we finally won after doing a bunch of demos was Walmart. Mm. And big company. And so we realized that we had a knack for doing this background acoustic guitar like jingles. Like jingles. And, yeah. and uh that was a great experience. We did that for about two years just writing music for commercials and and what was great about it is um we had to write in all these different types of genres um and production styles and yeah. fast turnaround times and it's like all melody right yeah and melodies melody, you know yeah. quick acoustic guitar yeah. uh chord sequences little drum programming boom send it in and you had like 24 hours to do it so all the, it was a really fast turnaround time so for two years um we gained a lot of experience basically as songwriters and production people and in the process we wrote songs that were actually really good and they got rejected um for the commercial so we had this back uh, repertoire of song ideas or sh- very short songs um that were just sitting there and we're like why not start a band and, and kind of flesh out these songs so we picked like five of the best songs and one of them was safe and sound which was rejected for a coke ad hmm. with lyrics and all yeah oh yeah well it has three verses yeah. At yeah. that time, it was just one verse. Got it. Um, for the commercial, and but it was good enough for us to say, "Let's expand it and finish up this song and actually release it." And we started the band Capital Cities like that. How the name came come to be? Uh, we had to just come up with a name, and so <laughs> we had a random brainstorming session and threw out ideas. And I think Ryan said, "Why don't we call ourselves Capital of Maine?" So that's kind of. Weird and random. How what about is you? the capital? I was just about to ask. Yeah. Uh, I have no I fucking clue. Bangor? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, is he from there? No. Yeah. No. no it was just a random. It was just random. What does that mean? Why? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. Why not? I said, How about just capital cities? I said, All right. 
That sounds good. But you guys spelled it capital with the A, right? Yeah. 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 Like capital, yeah. 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 Interesting. <laughs> Do you, do you like? Is there like a meaning more more of a meaning behind it now after after you guys came up with the name or is, yeah no, no afterthought no it, it, no like sexy it. story you guys were able to like make up no like, yeah we went to all fifty capital cities in the United States and you know, finally we were inspired to start a band because we were just so inspired by the people and the culture and the society and the music and so we're like fuck it we're gonna come yeah. up with capital cities capital cities hmm. maybe I should come up with an interesting reason right now just, that, that was a good one yeah, well, yeah. let's just run with we that. can we so can expand that. on it I mean we'll if you really want that. but. Uh, I mean, yeah, Pat and I have these like really random brainstorming sessions. We call it wishful thinking. And we literally come up with random concepts and we just literally talk about it for like an hour. I like that. Our last one was Jeff Bezos buys the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. And the one before that, which we thought it was genius and it's going to become true soon, is Barack Obama released Barack 3s, which is his own speaker line. I watched that. You listened to that one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, is this, did he really, I had to Google it. (laughs) Like, wait, no. And it's going to come, I think it's going to come true because. At their most recent Duke, North Carolina game, he was wearing those rag and bone, that rag and bone jacket with a 44 because he was the 44th president. And he was like pointing out like the Nike shoe or whatever that broke out. I think he's going to start his, I think this whole, it was a whole, this whole presidential thing was a ploy to get into the fashion industry for him. And I think it's going to be huge. And I mean, it, yeah, it's believable. Know. It's very possible. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so that's so what we do. I was wondering what, uh, what did, what, did, what was Ryan doing at, the uh, commercial uh, music house was he was he actually working on music there when he was interning there or was he doing like more like clerical like business work? I don't even remember. Yeah. He might not yeah. have actually been an, an intern at their. He just got the connection. Yeah, and started demoing songs. Got it. And he was a musician growing up too, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although not as invested as I was, I think he went. He went to. Uh, USC and studied uh, English. Smart man. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was, which probably helps uh, with you know music, maybe songwriting. It does. It does. And what was kind of the dynamic that you guys saw, like in terms of you guys partnering up? Like, what what was it that you brought to the table and he brought to the table that kind of worked so well? Interestingly, we both brought in equal amounts of the same things. Um, I think we both enjoyed all aspects of the production yeah. from songwriting melody writing lyric writing production beat making you know bass playing guitar playing he was a little bit more of a guitarist and i was more of a keyboard player okay but we also i sometimes play the guitar he sometimes plays the keys yeah so there was a lot of overlap and we both sing yeah and we both have kind of uh, the same uh, like range tone and um we decided to make things easy and more anonymous, if you will, c- for the commercial music, we would just both go in there and record the same thing. You know, I'd go in there and do a take, and he'd be like, "Oh, that sounds great." I say, "Hey, why don't you do it too?" And we'd go and do the exact same thing, and we would kind of mm. blend the two voices together. Yeah, and we ended up coming w- coming up with basically a signature sound, yeah. which is that most listeners don't even realize that it's two people singing because a lot of singers will double triple quadruple their voice yeah so the audience is already used to hearing that Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. multiple voices but it's still just one singer we did that multiple voices with two singers so most people just kind of thought it was this voice of of this one singer one person just like low and high actually more anonymous in unison and choral sounding choir Mm -hmm. sounding so that kind of became our signature and we adapted it 
uh, into capital cities. Yeah. So we became two lead singers. Yeah. And you mentioned like you were still, I mean, when Safe and Sound, when you guys wrote and recorded that, you guys were still doing songs for commercials, right? Like how did you pull together like that whole band? Because like there was a trumpet and there's like all this. It wasn't wasn't just you two, right? At the time. Yeah. um, When we recorded our first EP, which included Safe and Sound, Um, that first EP and that was yeah, that first EP was was that part of like that was that supposed to be just all commercial music? No, that was those that was after. five songs. Most of that, maybe three or four of them, were pulled from commercial songs that we had Got written it. in the past. Was that the one with Kangaroo Court? Kangaroo Court, not my not my radio. Yeah, sold my bed. Uh-huh. Sold my bed yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sold my bed, and um, there was another one, Love Away, I think, in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a couple more. So when when did you guys, I mean, when was that like public moment where you guys, your band, you have that recording, you have that EP, you know, I, I had told you, I've seen a couple of your live shows at the Key Club and El Rey, and you guys are still like just kind of on a local level, but when did Safe and Sound go public? Because when I heard it on the radio, I was like, wait, I've heard this song like a year or two ago, yeah. you know, I had already heard it. But what happened between that time that got you guys to that level? It was pretty gradual because we released it um, on the EP independently. Actually, no, as a single even before the EP uh, in 2011, uh, early 2011. And then our album didn't come out until 2013, two years later, and with the song on it. And that's when it actually blew up and got all over the radio. But up until that point, for about two years... It was still doing well for us independently. We released it independently, and it was just kind of getting played here and there. We pushed it ourselves a little bit. We yeah. hired a independent um, radio promoter, two of them actually, and they focus on like college radio and uh, independent, like not independent, but like uh, alternative rock station specialty programs play, you know, new music or independent mm-hmm. music. So there's all these radio stations and programmers out there that that if you hire uh, an independent radio promoter, they would call them and they would connect with them and they would shove music down their throats. And that's what they helped us do in the beginning. But even that, like that doesn't compare to having like a big hit on, on regular yeah. radio. And so for two years that was happening and we just kind of rode that wave and, and saw the song just gradually and very organically um, grow and get popular because the blogs picked it up and started writing about it. Um, and when you say you independently released it, what what do you mean? Because back then, like that was like before, like the whole streaming wave, right? Like Spotify and yeah. Apple Music. Like what? How did you release it? And how did you? How are you pushing it besides the promoter? Yeah, <clears throat> uh, for a while uh, already at that point, uh, independent artists could release music on their own through some like distribution, program. like I, like iTunes and stuff. Through I, you yeah. can you can distribute it on iTunes. Uh, by using a service called, at the time, we used TuneCore. TuneCore, yeah. TuneCore. Um, so any independent artist could sign up with that. And now yeah. there's other um, companies. CD Baby it. used to do you it. Do it so. CD yeah. Baby, you could, I think you could do it through AWOL. I think you could do it through stem.us. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm just now kind of reading up on the new yeah, ones. Yeah, my friend works at one called Audio Micro or something like that. I'm mistaken. Not back then, yeah. But if you wanted to yeah. distribute on like yeah, yeah, iTunes, yeah. it was like yeah. TuneCore. So that's yeah. how we did it. And yeah. then... Um, and then the record labels just so it was after Safe and Sound kind of became like a hit is when like 
the record label started hitting you guys up? It hadn't become a hit yet, um, but it looked like it was okay. going to be. Yeah. Right. It was going in that direction. Right. Um, and they have these A&Rs, obviously. Like and what's interesting is that uh, it actually did start getting played on the radio outside of the States. Uh, it got played in South America, um, Peru. Some radio station just kind of picked it up and started playing it yeah. on a regular basis, like as if, you know, next to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. And, they, and we found out about it because we all of a sudden started getting all these um, Spanish-speaking posts on Facebook. And we were like, where is this coming from? Why are we so popular in Peru? This Why did someone is, cover us in Peru? What's yeah. going on in Peru? And, and, and we found out that it was this one radio station that was playing us. And the only reason they started playing us is because the radio programmer discovered our song and liked it and decided to start playing it. And so that um, uh, response was, you know, seen um, by the record labels here in the States. So it was like there was a test already for the song. Here, here, here it is being played uh, on the radio in Peru. Yeah. And it's responding well. Yeah, the the audience that's listening to it um, is really responding well to it's it. It's not like I just walked in and gave you a demo yeah. and no one's heard it. So when they saw that, they started calling us. And said, hey, why don't we release it? Why don't we we sign you and stuff like that? And so now all of a sudden, like we got all this action going um, from the labels, but none of them were actually like offering something on the table. It was all talk, and we were having mm -hmm. all these meetings and. Yeah. Um, they were coming to showcases. We started playing live, all these things. Um, and then there was so much interest, but no real offer on the table that it was it was like, it was a kind of a bad situation to be in. Um, when you have too much interest, then you, you kind of uh, step back and you think you have all this leverage. So you don't immediately say yes, or you don't immediately show... You, excitement mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. if, if like mm -hmm. some label comes to me hey man we want to sign you if they were the only label that were coming to you you'd be like yes let's do yeah. this yeah yeah but we had like so Island many Def coming Jam to us something. and talking yeah. to us that we didn't want to show interest in any one of them so we were just kind of like you know um that sounds great yeah, so yeah. i'll sure. get back yeah, to we'll you call, we'll call you we'll, yeah. we'll let yeah. you know i'll have my people reach out to your people and then suddenly we're in a situation where what maybe we shouldn't have been so you know picky picky exactly um because we were finally we got one offer um then it, it was from warner brothers and we got so excited that okay let's just not jinx this let's do this let's yeah. just go with them all right um it's the one offer we're getting let's do this um but it was we knew it wasn't a great deal because uh it was a 360 deal mm. And what that means is um, basically the label owns everything, you know, and, and takes a cut out of all of your income, not just your recording, um, you know, income. They'll take from, from touring and, yeah. and merchandise and oh, right. publishing and everything. Um, and it's a long-term deal here. You're committed to all these albums. Is it the same deal where they, they give you like this massive advance and then you basically don't make any money until you yeah, get it all back yeah. type thing? Yeah. Usually 360 deals end up with bigger advances but yeah. it might not even be a big right. advance. if you're a desperate band it might not even give you a, a big advance yeah. and you're still gonna sign that 360 deal but luckily um the day we were gonna sign um 
our manager calls me and he said, wait, wait, don't sign yet. Don't send it in. I think we're going to get an offer from Capitol Records tomorrow. So let's hold off on it. So they came to us with a really, really good deal. It was not 360. It was, it was a 50, 50 joint mm. venture and only two album commitment with all the creative freedom that we wanted. So it was like a no brainer. Yeah. Um, and we went with them. Uh, I was telling Pat actually earlier, or yeah, I think we were discussing earlier. From what I remember, and this could be so wrong, you guys were like then on the once you guys signed the Capitol Records deal, you guys were on like the building, right? <laughs> right? Or was I tripping out? Mm, you mean like the the, the Capitol Records building? Yeah, the yeah. Our, our, our yeah, no. I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> I must maybe, been, yeah. Maybe. It must have been in my dreams, <laughs> but that's a good you dream. You just liked, the, liked them so much. You're huh? just like, I wish they were right. Yeah. There might us. be a picture maybe floating that's around. Maybe that's that what it was. might have been. Doctored. I don't know if it was there for a long time, but I know I remember it was there or something like that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. We'd have to look into it. <laughs> we got to look into it, investigate it. Our listeners, if you find it, send it over. <laughs> post it. Yeah, post, post it. Post it. Hashtag Capital Cities. Hashtag everything you want. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious, like, throughout this whole time where, you know, kind of you're just, like, making music, starting bands, and kind of Capital City's coming about, were you ever, like, really trying to get signed? Like, I'm walking at every label, like, I'm giving my demo, like, kind of that grindy, like, I'm going to, like, you know, I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to do it directly versus kind of just focusing on your craft and letting it kind of happen naturally? Um, I think every band, especially at, at the time, uh, that we were coming up in the 90s thought that you needed to get signed in order to succeed and i think there was probably some truth in that like and nobody knows what they're going to experience uh, nobody knows what to expect if they get signed or when they get signed um so it's just it was just part of the puzzle <clears throat> you make music you try to get signed and what does that even mean like practically what does it mean to get signed or try to get signed go find a manager first yeah. find a distributor find a booking agent um a record label what kind of record label is a million types of record labels so it's this big blur enigmatic industry that you know and you have you have no idea you don't know anything about you just kind of blindly do it yeah. and uh you learn as you go uh and the music industry has changed so much and it changes so much constantly that my advice today uh, could could mean nothing really yeah, to, yeah. to today's musician because I experienced something that was very different. I experienced a music industry that was very different um, yeah. when I was coming up. And, and we'll definitely talk about that in tomorrow's segment, kind of the insider stuff of yeah, what business. people were to expect. Um, but did you have any... Good to go. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, this conversation is going so well. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to cut it short, but we could you know, definitely dive into more of this tomorrow. Thank you again, Sebu, for being on and, and kind of sharing how Capital Cities came about and kind of where you guys are going now. So. Thank you. <laughs>